Joe presents From the Corner, brought to you by The Zone. Hello, Fight fans, and welcome to From the Corner, the show that pulls no punches when it comes to delivering top-quality boxing content with me, Swazi McCallie. And me, David Oloko. We have got two fantastic guests joining us on the sofa this week. So let's go ahead and meet them. Indeed, in the red corner, we have a former Premier League football star who is now dishing out the expert analysis as a talk sport presenter and pundit. And in the blue corner, we've got one of the UK's most exciting boxing prospects, fresh from a big win at Ali Paddy. Let's hear it for Jamie O'Hara and the run for bull, Johnny Fisher! Yay! We're so excited to have both of them. But before we chat to our very special guests, let's take a look at what we've got on the agenda this week. We'll be looking forward to an irresistible weekend of boxing action, including the Zone's gigantic fight night at the O2 featuring the cruiserweight world champion, Lawrence Okoli. I'm excited for that one. We'll also be testing Jamie and Johnny's knowledge of boxing quotes in our brand new game, Fighter or Figure. And we will be discussing the action from last weekend, including the Zone's entertaining clash between Munguia and Ballard before finishing up with our famous headband challenge. Indeed, we've got so much on the show, but first off, guys, how are you doing? It's so good to have you. Yeah, all right. I mean, you you definitely got an expert wrong on the analysis. (laughs) No, 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 that was right. I'm not not dishing out expert analysis, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Nonsense. (laughs) Well, you've really got to be keeping up with all of the sports news and everything. So how much of a fan of boxing are you? Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm a massive fan. Um, I wouldn't say I'm I'm an expert on it, but, you know, I'm a... I love watching it. It's something I've grown up with. And um, yeah, I've always been part of trying to watch the big events and watch the big fights. And you see the young up-and-coming fighters coming through. It's always exciting, especially for British boxing. Yeah. I think it's in a great place right now. Yeah, nice. Absolutely. And your, your co-host, Laura Woods. Yes. Also a member of the, the Zone Boxing family. She is. Um, I've worked with her quite quite a bit as well. Yeah. What's it like working with her at TalkSport? Uh, nightmare. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, Woods is great. I mean, I've worked with her for ages. And she's just gone from strength to strength, right? And, um, you know, she obviously started at Sky and then she's gone to bigger and massive things now. So, you know, she's um, she's an inspiration, I think, for a lot of women and, and a lot of people. You know, me going into presenting side of it as well, you know, for me doing talk sport and presenting my own show, I'm working with her and, and watching everyone now and just trying to take little bits from everyone to just get it for yourself yeah and uh, yeah she's brilliant she's very sharp isn't it she's quick she's got really quick witty banter right <laughs> yeah. you're not on the boil with her you, she'll finish you <laughs> johnny it's so good to have you as well you, tell me about your journey before we get into everything that happened last weekend how did you get involved in boxing well i've been boxing since i was six or seven always been involved in it but when from the age of about 15 16 to 19 i was playing rugby quite a lot because wow. i played uh, rugby the first game i played lucky me broke my hand straight away didn't realize it was broken for a year so I was just strapping it up keep going kept going with it went to Exeter played a bit of rugby second year uni my hand healed up done a bit of sparring with Joe Joyce had a couple of amateur fights and from there I just met the right people signed with Joe Joyce's managers they got me with Eddie Hearn and then five fights later with five fights in and we're doing all right just got to keep going on the journey Uh, a lot of boxers at this stage in their career they don't have quite that much of a following when you was out there listen there was more noise for your fight than there was for the main event in, yeah. in essence, so there's a lot on your shoulders. Yeah, it is a challenge, but 
I'd rather have it than not have it. A lot of boxers envy the fact that I've, I've got a crowd like that and I'm very grateful for the support that I do have. And that's going to stand me in good stead when I get to them fights where you get into title fights later and you're 10-0, 15-0. I've got seven fights this year, so I'm going to be nice and busy and going to be getting my experience up. Now, people may not know that we've actually got two boxers on our sofa today. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? <laughs> nah, Jamie, talk to me about the O2, man. What's happening? Well, I'm fighting at the O2 Arena, 2nd of uh, April. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a charity event, but it's um, it's getting a little bit heated. It's getting a bit proper. <laughs> I was down at the O2 the other day in there and walking around. It's in the main arena. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I've only gone to watch like Drake and Jay-Z there. You know? <laughs> like, now I'm, I'm standing there thinking, wow. That'll be me. <laughs> that I've got to walk out. I've got to walk out to this and have a fight. And um, yeah, I mean, look, it's, I like I like to challenge myself, take myself out of comfort zone, and and see if um, see if I'm up to it. And I've realised that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I forgot how much I hate training, you know? <laughs> and and it's completely different world boxing, yeah. right? I've gone in there, and you know you're you're in you're in a ring. When I play football, you know you got a, you got other you got ten other teammates around yep. you, and bad as it sounds you get tired you can go missing for a little bit yeah. do you know what I mean I'll just plot here for a yeah. minute I'll keep it simple yeah. move around pass the ball and I'll get out of the way and then I'll get my breath back and then I'll go again boxing I've realised you, you can't do that yeah there's nowhere like, to hide there's nowhere to hide like I've I done a sparring session the other day and I was like I've got a newfound respect for anyone who steps in a ring like mm. and I sit there and go hey, he should knock him out this you know when you do like you interview him why are you knock him out like, <laughs> he was there don't really like, they are gassed out yeah like on their last legs and i'm standing there thinking i've got a guy who's in front of me and he wants to he wants to knock me out mm. and then that is just like just you know it's a different world a different world a different world completely now you're fighting chris boyston who's a personal trainer by trade eight inches shorter 20 kilos lighter does it give you a lot of confidence going into this? He's fit and I'm not. <laughs> so I'm like, it up. It I'm like yeah. the Andy yeah. Ruiz of the cards. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to go in there like a big tubby bear. Um, no, I mean, look, he's um, he's ripped, right? He's ripped. He's a PT. I think he's done some Thai boxing in the past. So, um, I mean, I, you know, we know each other through like circles and that. And he's a, he's a nice lad. But I... And I, I almost said that I didn't really want to fight him because I f we were mates, you know, in a way. But yeah. when I actually sat down with sort of boxing experts and was like, "Listen, when you go in a ring, you're not mates. Mm. As soon as that bell goes, and you're gonna you're gonna want to you're gonna want to steam into each other. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And it's about having that sort of discipline to go in there and and box your way through it and don't get hurt, basically, yeah. because he's gonna want to punch me in the face and. The size of his arms, I don't really want to take one. Do you know no. what I mean? <laughs> you want to be dodging at all costs. Oh, yeah. That's what you've got to think as well. At the end of the day, it's you or him. You've, your friend's outside the ring. You'll be friends before, you'll be friends after, but it's, it's going to be you or him. Yeah. I'm actually mates with Chris Boyson as well. So and he said I'm he's going to try and get him. a bit of information intel off of him and feed it back. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm taking his number. It's going to be a great experience. It'll be a great yeah. night. Great experience. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Any advice, Johnny? Just as you said, sparring is the key. You can do pads, you can do all the other training around it, but. The, the closest thing you're going to get yeah. is, is sparring in there. So you get as much sparring as you can spar. What, you've got five weeks now? Yeah, five weeks, Three, four yeah. weeks, get two free spars in a week with people more experienced than you, and you'll naturally just pick things up. Yeah. That's mm. the key. It's not nice, though, when I'm going in and you go, yeah, yeah, you go in a bit of sparring. It's all right. He likes getting hit in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you get hit in the face and you're like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what have I signed up for here? <laughs> You've got to put that to the back of your mind. Yeah, you just got to go in there. Because yeah. I actually sparred the other week, first time, right? and the guy, he was a good guy, he come in, he's obviously an experienced boxer, and he's like, look, I'll look after you, I'll just teach you yeah. some things. Mm -hmm. And 
I caught him with a cut, and the first time I hit it, I went bump, bump, and I hit him straight in the nose. And I went, sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the coach went, don't say sorry, sorry. hit him no. again. And I was like, that, that didn't feel right. It, yeah. it felt weird because I've not had that sort of, I mean, not when I was back at school, I'd like, Punch someone's leg it. Miss, he's hit me. Yeah. You know, now I'm thinking, I can't run anywhere. I'm in a ring. I've got to yeah. go for like yeah. six rounds. You might be too nice, to be honest with you. Thought, but you made yeah. a great point about boxers, footballers, in terms of sport. For yourself, Johnny, how did you know you were ready to take on that fight last Saturday? Well, I've done, as I said, I've done boxing since I was six or seven years old. It's something that's always been in my family. My dad done a bit when he was young. And uh, I just think he's been ingrained in me from the, from the start. So if someone said, Johnny, you've got to do this tomorrow, you've got to fight this guy, I wouldn't really be bothered because it's what I've done my whole life. Right. And I've had breaks from it when I was at university in sixth form, but it's ingrained. It's like if someone told you you've got to play a football match tomorrow, you yeah. know exactly what you've got to do because mm. you've done it most yeah, of your yeah. life. So yeah. it's just part of who I am. So it doesn't it doesn't phase me. I'm, I'm not phased by anything. Yeah. And I think that's what stood, stood me in, uh, in good stead because when I was at uni, I didn't have no experience. I was going around sparring these top guys like Joe Joyce, Daniel Dubois, I've sparred Tyson Fury as well. So I'll throw myself in the deep end and that's how you get better. That's yeah. how you improve. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, now, Johnny, we've got to talk about your incredible fan base. How did yeah. they, how did they uh, come to be known as the Bosch Army? And um, <laughs> even more so, how did you get so many followers? I'm trying to get mine up. The <laughs> <laughs> well, Vontable Army or the Bosch Army, as it's called, it's just got so many characters in it. You've got the original guy who came out of the word Bosch, Tom Skinner, who was on The Apprentice, who's a good friend of mine. Then my dad took Bosch and took it to another level, eating his Chinese takeaways and just causing mischief wherever he goes and there's just so many different characters in it it's not just from Romford and Essex it's from my university in X2 as well and it's just grown and grown and it's TikTok as well obviously my brother started filming my dad one day eating a bit of Chinese saying bosh and having a chicken ball and somehow he's getting two million views on, a, on, each, on each video he puts up now so it's, it's amazing how things can grow and go viral and it's, it's helping my career as well it's helping grow the following and thankfully people want to come and watch me fight at the same time yeah well I think your dad's got a lot of uh, a, a lot of reason for why a lot of people are coming yeah. to <laughs> he has gone viral on TikTok for this video right here. Sweet and sour chicken balls, sweet and sour pork balls, shredded chilli beef, beef in black bean sauce, mini pancake rolls, large pancake roll, curry sauce, two portions of prawn crackers. Bosh. <laughs> Bosh. I didn't know that. Is that your dad? Yeah. I'll put that in my group chat. I was like, this is me on a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> John, he's, he's infamous. He's doing nightclub tours up and down the country at the minute at universities. And we literally walked into one university and for two hours, these university kids were just queuing up going, Big John, Big John, I love you, Big John. I want you to be my dad. I want you to be my dad. <laughs> and I was getting prawn crackers and feeding them to their mouths. And it was just going crazy for it. So That's he's become a bit of a cult hero in a uni yeah, university. Yeah. This is the stories we'd love to hear, you know, because where else are you going to hear them? How do you rate that Chinese takeaway, though? I mean, that's the that's standard order, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Standard that's, order. That's, what, that's what I like to hear. That's yeah. what you need. That's exactly yeah. that. Friday, Saturday, and polish it off the rest of it on a Sunday. Was that you after a Saturday night? Oh, yeah, for the last week, I've just ate <laughs> rubbish the whole time. Is that, I've got a home cooked meal. Pleasure, for, yeah, food is. Listen, I don't drink alcohol, I don't go out partying too much, but my guilty pleasure and my one vice is eating rubbish food. So after a fight, I just. I haven't had a home-cooked meal for 10 days, so I've just been eating out the whole time. So I've been enjoying myself. Do do you have any idea when uh, you'll be back back out again? Hopefully April, May time. I'm going to be out regularly. So I'm going to just have a nice little rest because I've I've been non-stop for a year. I've had five fights in one year and now it's time to have a little recuperation period and then I'll get back rolling again because in boxing, especially early in your career, it's important to have rhythm and to have momentum behind you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about your your degree because this is part of your story that... 
I just find fascinating. I love knowing what people studied. So yeah. let me not spoil it, but what did you go to university to do? And then how did that segue into yeah, boxing? So I studied history at university and um, I've always been a fan. I've always loved it at school. Yeah. Growing up watching the old war films and stuff like that. My subject that I specialised in was the Russian Revolution. I've done a uh, dissertation on the aerial bombing of Germany in 1944 to 45. So that's sort of my interest. But I've done loads of different stuff, medieval history. Mm. I've done about the Islamic conquest of Spain in, in, the, early, in the early period. So it's, it's just a white... I just find it interesting and fascinating how different how different civilizations came came about, and I found like a bit of a geek, but I am. Not at all. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. That's what I what I'm interested in, passionate yeah. about. Right, it's time to turn our attention to an absolutely huge weekend of boxing for fans in the UK and Ireland, where there are some serious fights on the horizon. That's right, and we are going to start with an eye-watering title clash in Glasgow between the undisputed light welterweight champion Josh Taylor and the challenger. Jack Catterall. Both fighters are undefeated here, with Jack having eight more fights on his record than Josh. So, how much of a threat does he pose to Taylor? I think this is a great fight. It's obviously good. Josh Taylor's fighting in his home, his home country. Um, he's done fantastic things uh, so far. So, I'm really, int- really intrigued to see how it, how it pans out. Yeah. I think Josh Taylor's going to knock him out. Ho-ho! It's called it. Big talk! Tornado! Let's go! I mean, whenever I've watched him fight, he's he's the real deal, right? Yeah, he probably is that level above, but you never know. Jack Catterall's a tenacious character, and um, I'm sure he's going to make a fight of it, whatever happens. I I always wonder, how does it feel, right, when you... Because you don't know, when you you step into a ring with that... Like Josh Taylor stepping in with that guy, they've never fought before, they step in there. A lot of fighters like to watch a lot of footage of the person before they get in the ring, but even that, I know it's helpful to work out what their style is and things like that, but until you're in there and you feel their power, you don't know what their power feels like. Everyone's power feels different. It sounds strange, but the way they punch can feel different. Mm. So until you've experienced that, as you said, it's... It's how you react to that then. And so you can watch as much footage as you want of the fighter, but once you get in there, you've got to suss them out for yourself anyway. Yeah. So that's but part how, of the challenge. How do you do that then? Do you have to, in training, fight someone who's so similar to the person yeah, you're well, actually going to fight? You try and get sparring that matches the, the style and the stature of the guy you're fighting. So if you're fighting someone who's six foot six, uh, long rangey jab, you're not going to get in six foot two stocky guys. Not me, are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> short guys. Well, in a heavyweight, six foot two is what is classed as a small guy, but obviously they're, they're still big and they're still strong. But it's about having someone of the st- stylistically who's, who's going to match the guy that you're going to fight as close as you can because then you can hone them skills and it becomes sort of second nature to dealing with the tactics and dealing with the things that are going to come up in the fight. But it's very mm. difficult. It's still not the same as when you get in there and experience that guy for the first time. Do, yeah. do you enjoy getting hit for the first time just to know what, what that person's what power is like or what you're dealing with no for, one, the, for the night? But the aim is not to get hit at all if you can, if you can help <laughs> it. But, no one but you, wants can't, you can't swim without getting hit. No, away. exactly. No one's going to go through a fight, especially if you fight at the top level without getting, without getting hit. But it's nice to feel it and think, right, yeah, that's a nice feeling. Right, I took his shots now. Yeah. Now I could start walking forward a bit. And when, when you can do that, it's a nice feeling. But obviously in the heavyweights, it's very hard to find anyone you can do that against because mm. any man over 15, 16 stone, if you get caught square on the chin, you're going you're gonna to know about it and it's going gonna, it's gonna to shock you. So it's about riding shots. It's about slipping. Or I've got to learn myself with my trainer, Mark Tibbs, slipping and riding and, and looking confident under a bit of pressure and, and not giving them anything to give them hope. So if you do get caught, Hide it and don't let don't let them see what you're doing. And it's about looking the part as well, because so, that can put. If you give the the other guy a little bit of hope that oh, I've got him here, that'll, yeah. that'll make him think right. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna yeah. come for him now. So there's all these little tricks of the trade that you've got to learn, and I'm still learning that myself. Mm. Not just being rushing in and being aggressive all the time. You've got to be a little bit cute as well. 
be a little bit yeah. cute. I never thought I'd see boxing and being cute yeah. together. Very in important. That's probably the most important thing. Them haymakers, I see you. Yeah, they, they weren't very cute. They weren't cute at I've all. I've got to myself up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you've got Taylor. Between Taylor and Casper, who have you got? I think Josh Taylor. If, uh, if I was being sensible, Josh Taylor, I think, is a level above. But I like Casper. I've, I've watched a little bit of him and I think he, he's going to bring the fight to Josh Taylor. So it's mm. going to be interesting. Also, this Sunday night, the Zona putting on an absolute sizzler of a show at the O2 Arena where the WBO Cruiserweight champion Lawrence Okoli faces a huge test in the main event. The O2, the best venue in the country for boxing. Lawrence Okoli will make the second defence of his title. This is a stage that I was made for. This is a fight I was made for. i got to make sure that I handle business. I believe I'm gonna go on and unify the division. I have to be able to beat people like Cizlak and beat them in good fashion. Cizlak is a real tough opponent. He's only got one loss on his record. So what does a Coley need to do to be careful for this fight? Johnny, any predictions for this one? Well, I met Lawrence uh, a couple of months ago at uh, a boxing show and. He is a huge cruiserweight. He is massive. And when he rehydrates after he's weighed in, he's going to be weighing a, a, a heavyweight, really. So with the skills he's got as well, the power in that right hand, I think he's going to get the job done. Cislak, obviously, a, a seasoned opponent, but I see him overtaking, taking over the whole cruiserweight division and then moving up to heavyweight. And he deserves it as well, Lawrence, because he's worked hard. He's from humble beginnings. Yeah. was in McDonald's working there, and he's worked his way up to being a, a global star. So credit to him. But some people are like, that person doesn't deserve to be in that weight class. So how do you determine if you're thinking, well, I'm not getting enough fights here. I want to move up. But then you do move up and then that's a mismatch. Well, what do you do with that? He makes the weight like everyone else and he's, he deserves to be there. There's no reason yeah. why he doesn't deserve to be there. And if he's world champion and he's beating all these guys, that's going to stand in a good stead when he goes up to them, them sure. higher weights. And it's not just about his power and he's obviously got ferocious power, but it's very awkward to box as well. I've never sparred him, but I've heard stories and I've seen him, obviously, very long. He gets around that shoulder and just very defensive at the same time. Yeah. So it's very awkward and frustrating for someone if you're trying to get an in inroad into him. Mm. Absolutely. Um, obviously, he's going up to your division. Are you a little bit... Have you got one eye on him as well? Oh, yeah, of course. He's, <laughs> he's, but he's, he's levels of... I'm very honest about where I am. He's levels above me at the minute. Mm. And if I ever get to that level, I'll be in a great place. But yeah. he, he'll be... Uh, if he's world champion at cruiserweight and he moves up to heavyweight mm. he'll be a mandatory for a world for a world title so the wbo as a rule where you'll become mandatory uh, at at heavyweight but my good friend and uh, joe joyce is currently wbo number one as well so that'd be an interesting fight if that ever happened because joe joyce i'm backing him all the way how do you feel about that i'm looking at him i'm thinking like, joe joyce he'll get cleaned out by him do sure. you think He's a he's a machine. He looks like an absolute machine. When I watched him fight, yeah, and I haven't watched all his fights, but when I watched him fight, he looks like he. I don't know what it, uh, yeah. you know because you're yeah. a boxer, right? Yeah. You you see like when someone punches and it looks like he's he looks like his right 
hook is going through yeah. the person's yeah. face. It's very powerful. Yeah, very like powerful. it just looks so powerful. Yeah. yeah. You look like if, you, if you're taking that, I don't think any, I don't care what weight you are, yeah. you, uh, it'll put you out. Yeah. But Joe Joyce is the juggernaut. He's very, very special, unique individual. And he's obviously fought Daniel Dubois, who's a bigger puncher than Lawrence O'Coley. And he's taken some of his best shots. And I've seen him sparring in Vegas, getting left hook after left hook after left hook. Someone landed four left hooks on Joe Joyce's chin, and mm. he didn't even move. Mm. It's a super, Joe Joyce, to me, is a superhuman. I've grown up right, from eight, the age of 18 to 22, just sparring him and being around him. And I don't think anyone would be able to knock him clean out. I really do believe that. So wow. he's got, we actually went to, a, he actually done a test at Saracen's uh, rugby ground at their yeah. facility and uh, like a bone density test and his bone density is six times that of a normal human being so, so he's not human he's, he's, he's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. what's going on be, there yeah. that would be a great fight someone <laughs> like Lawrence Coley versus Joe Joyce but Joe Joyce is on that pinnacle of fighting for a world title himself so mm. he's going to be occupied with the likes of Dillian White Joshua Fury they're the sort of guys he'll be targeting in the next mm. year or so another highly anticipated bout on the card will be Campbell Hatton taking on Joe Ducker in what will be Hatton's sixth pro fight how impressed have you been um, of what you've seen of, of the young Campbell Hatton? Listen, he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders, being the son of Ricky Hatton, who sold huge amounts of tickets, was a national hero, and um, he's doing well. He's got all victories so far. He's fought, been very active like myself, and he got a stoppage victory in one of his last fights. I think his last fight he got a stoppage victory over in Spain. So um, it's exciting to see how he can progress. And I, I do like watching the other youngsters coming through. I, I think back to Conor Ben uh, when he was coming through and people yeah. were saying, like, all, all judging him and, and, and giving their opinions, but look where he is now. And Campbell Hatton can look at that and myself can look at that and whatever happens, you just got to keep progressing one fight at a time and you'll get to where you need to get. Mm. Forget everyone else, keep your team around you, do what you've got to do and you'll get to where you where you believe you should be. Yeah. It must be hard that, like having your dad as Ricky Hatton, as, mm. you know, like you're growing yeah. up, we all watched him, we all looked up to him. He was like the pinnacle fighter really, yeah. wasn't he? And yeah. then kind of got to go into that sort of shadow of him and raise your game it, it's, it's not easy like, I've seen footballers have struggled with yeah. that in the past mm -hmm. and I think as a boxer in an individual sport it must be really difficult to shake off you've got to give youngsters youngsters a chance I think he's a year younger than me or two years younger than me so he's very very young but he'll, he's a spitting image of his dad if they can crack that and just keep progressing him get to 10 and 0 get to 11 and 0 you'll, you'll pick things up as you go is he like his dad yeah he's, like, can he can he get to that sort of level who knows who knows it's too early yeah. to tell but if he gets half to that level, he'll be proud of himself because Ricky Hatton got to world level. If you get to European level or British level, my aim for myself, if I could be a British champion, I'll be over the moon with that because mm. I love that belt. That's one thing I've had my eye on. It's a beautiful belt. That it is. It's unbelievable. So a lot of people in boxing are, are, are very harsh on, on boxers coming through, especially the young ones, but I don't understand. To become a British champion is so, the amount of sacrifice you yeah. have to do to do that. These guys who get to European world level, they're the top 10, top 20 people in the world. And what's the disgrace of being a British champion where you, you're still recognising your country yeah. as the best? So mm. there's, no, there's no disgrace in that. So wherever he ends up, if he keeps knuckling down, he can be a champion one day for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we caught up with Campbell for a quick chat about this weekend's fight earlier this week. And this is what he had to say. Campbell, what kind of threat does Joe Ducker pose? Joe's going to be, he's coming in with a winning record and... He's had plenty of notices. Like he's had, uh, he, like he's had weeks of preparation. So he's going to be, he's going to go in there confident, and he's, I think that'll be the main difference. He'll be coming to win, and I think that's going to work in my favour. To be honest, I think if you ask any fighter, there's nothing worse than a negative opponent who doesn't want to get involved, and you're having to chase things and force things a little bit. And I think where I've got someone 
coming to have a go proper, it's 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 going to um, give me a few more openings. Everyone who have boxed, they always they know they're in with a hat and and they raise the game ten times. What's it like fighting at the legendary O2 Arena? I was there for when I boxed on the AJ undercard. They did the weighing at the at the O2, and I've boxed on on these types of shows for the pretty much every every fight. Obviously, the pressure will still be on me, but I've I've done it before and learned how to deal with that. So uh, I think I think that is a little edge I've got on my side. Yeah. What's it like having your uncle as your trainer? I've got a got a good relationship. Me and Matt is more like um, more like a mate than than an uncle. But that uh, we we enjoy ourselves in the gym. But uh, we were push, he's pushing me all the time, and you won't find anyone working harder than us. So. I think we've got it spot on really. Matthew always says to me, just each camp you need to just make sure you're going in there a little bit better in all departments, a bit fitter, a bit stronger, a bit sharper, and a bit more, a bit more clever. And uh, that's been the case this time. Going there, the best I've ever been, and I think I do need to with this with this opponent. It's a big, it's a bit of a bit of a step up. So I know I've got to be on it. People uh, have their opinions on how far they think I can get, and I think. But I think Conor Ben's a prime example of how you can the, you can silence all your doubters and all your critics, and and I think I can get to the very top level. I think it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a lot of hard work, but I uh, I think eventually I'll get there, and I think I can get to world level. He's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, he, he makes a really good point there. You know, like I, I can only go off it from experiences as a footballer when he talks about having to like everyone raises their game to fight him yeah. just because of who he is. Mm. It actually makes it so much harder for someone like him who's who's going to make mistakes, right? Yeah. He's learning. He's going to make mistakes in the ring, but every the scrutiny's on him yeah. straight away, and you know it, that means that really the pressure that he's under, he has to, to train harder. He has to learn yeah. more. He has to take in more. You know, and that, I mean, I had it when I was, I went, I dropped down to non-league, right? And being a Premier League football player in non-league is like going to play pub football, right? Mm. And I was like, every time I walked on the football pitch, there was a young lad yes. who wanted to get one over on yeah. me, mm. wanted to say they like even two-footed me yeah. or or run all over me. And that, that was hard, yeah, you know, like pressure. mentally it's hard, like the pressure of it. And if you're not up to it, if you're not prepared and if you're not pushing yourself more than that person, mm. you look like the mug. You know, yeah. you look like the idiot. And that, you know, for a young lad, that's that's not easy. You've got to be really dedicated. And that's the thing for Campbell Hatton as well. He's been boxing high on the card as well. So you've got a lot of people watching. That's added pressure. For me, myself as well, on, on last Saturday's show, I was chief support because of the amount of tickets I sold. Mm. And for people like me and Campbell in their fourth and fifth fights, that's a lot of pressure to be dealing with. But as I've said before, that's going to that's gonna pay dividends later in our career because yeah. when we get to them fights when you're 11, 12 and 0, you might have a title fight, you're fighting against someone who hasn't had that experience. You've got that in the bank. You know what it's like to walk out in front of packed arenas. Yeah. And people want to, you want to fight in front of crowds. Boxers dream of fighting in front of massive crowds. Some boxers only get to fight in small hall shows at York Hall, great venue. I'd love to box at York Hall, but with my supporters, I'll probably never get to box there because it only holds 1,100, 1,200 people mm. and I'm selling two and a half to 3,000 tickets. So it's all good stuff and it's great and me and Campbell can just keep progressing slowly yeah. with, with all that experience in the bank. Yeah, we need you in the game, man. I'm talking of Hatton, talking about his dad making a comeback at 43. <laughs> Your face already it? says it all. So is that going to happen? Is it intriguing? Is it embarrassing? Is it cute? I love Ricky Hatton. Like, I grew up Ricky Hatton. You know, like yeah. Prince Nassim Hamid, Ricky Hatton. Like They were the guys I was... They wanted... I wanted to watch boxing because of these guys. And I, I, I just... 
I don't. Why go back? I, mean, I know it's hard, right? It's like yeah. a drug, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like a drug. Like you can't get away from it. Yeah. You miss the adulation, that that walking out. You know, you missed it. You always think, oh, can I get fit? Can I yeah. get fit and go back? Can I have one more? Can I do? You know, I'd like, I'd give anything to go and walk back out on a football pitch for Tottenham and play yeah, yeah, one yeah. more game. Mm. But I know in my mind. If I, walk, I think I've got it. I think I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. I walk out there and then I'm like, oh my God, someone get me off this pitch now. <laughs> you know, and I just think, I, surely like, if you're 43, you're Ricky Hatton, right? Like, you, you look at and think, oh great, yeah, Ricky Hatton, come back. But come, it's not, it's not Ricky Hatton. Mm. It's, it's an old Ricky Hatton. Yeah. I do think there's enough fans out there. Yeah. People want to watch it. They'll watch it, so like all of his core support will, will probably tune in. Mm. It's the same with Chris Eubank Senior and Nigel Ben. They, they yeah. was talking a long time about doing it. I think a lot of people would, would go and watch that, especially if that fight gets made between Nigel Ben and Chris Eubank Junior, uh, Connor Ben and Chris Eubank Junior, because they've yeah. been talking about that. Mm. But as you said, it's not going to be the same. It's never going to be the I same. Just, I look at the Khan fight with Brooke, and yeah. like Brooke was for me like so invested still in that yeah. fight. You know, he was yeah. he was hungry. ready, like he was hungry. Mm. That was like it was yeah. the, one of his first fights. I looked at Khan and I thought agree, his yeah. heart weren't really in it. He was talking about it like, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But when you watched him in that ring and all of a sudden Kelbrook's coming at him like a, an animal, yeah, I'm thinking... He was walking him down, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. Khan ain't really... He knows his time's kind of up, right? Mm. He knows. And I think yeah. you know, Hatton's way gone past that, even that, you yeah. know, the dedication to have that fight again and have that sort of, you've got to be an absolute warrior right yeah. to step in a ring with someone who wants to take your head off mm. do you really want to do that 43 but would you go and see it yeah now obviously we've been talking about um uh, comebacks but let's talk about debuts finally this weekend we also have the debut of olympic gold medalist galau Yafai, how excited are you to uh, to see him very, in the pro ranks? Um, he's a Birmingham lad. Um, one of my managerial stable mates, Solomon Dakers, who was in Team GB, trained alongside Galau Yafai. And who doesn't want to see an Olympic gold medalist go and do their thing? And he's stepping straight into a title fight as well, which mm. is which shows great uh, great balls from him as well. I'm excited to see uh, how it pans out. I think it's a 10 or 12 round fight. So you're going from three round fights in the Olympics straight into 10 rounders. And... We know how long a minute, a three-minute round can be. I know you've been doing training and sparring. Like thirty seconds, man. Blow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. I was like, come on, man. Where's, where's the bell? Okay, guys, we are going to play a little game now. And this week, we've come up with something that is inspired by our guest, Mr. Johnny Fisher, right here. Indeed, and as well as being a talented boxer, Johnny has actually got a history degree. So we thought we'd go in and give him and Jamie some hard work to see if they can couple up together and give them some quotes that came from either a famous boxer or which came from a historical figure. Let's play fighter or figure. Cool, right. You need to work together for this one. Moral support and then the history degree, guys. So, (laughs) quote number one. Only a man who knows what it is like to be defeated can reach down to the bottom of his soul and come up with the extra ounce of power it takes to win. That's fine. Fighter that's a, or figure? I don't. I think that sounds like Napo- something Napoleon would say. I don't, Ooh. But I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know what. That sounds like a fighter as well. We've really set ourselves up to failure. Yeah. I mean, sounds like a fighter. It does. But you, you got the degree. Uh, I'm cool. gonna go with a fighter. I think it sounds like a fighter. No, so I've talked you out. Of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go with Napoleon. I think Muhammad Ali. Hey, 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 come go. on, let's see. The next one. I'm a success today. Because I had a friend who believed in me 
and I didn't have the heart to let him down. Fighter Ooh. or figure? Well, judging by the logic, the last one was a fighter. Should we kind of figure? Is that what you can handle? Yeah. Play them at their game. Honestly, honestly, yeah. uh, I don't know. It's, it's such a. It could be anything, couldn't it? I think that's a figure. You. Know? Yeah, it's got to be a figure. But yeah. just, I, I think that's some. I, I don't know. It sounds like something a politician would say. Oh, listen, hold on, it's picking up on some clues here. All right, we're, lock, we're locking that in? Yeah. yeah. All right, we're locking that in. That was a quote from a famous American historical figure. John, you want to guess who it is? Abraham Lincoln. Hold oh, my oh, days! Yes, 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 it is! Yes. <laughs> 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 Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> You're actually on a roll here, you yeah. know. All right, point number three then. First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. That's a boxer. That's a goddamn like, boxer, isn't it? It sounds like it sounds like a Lewis quote or a Tyson quote. Uh, I would say Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, you locked it in. Do you for you? It's think? a boxer. It's got to be a boxer. Yeah. I don't know who. It's got, but I don't think it's. It's got to be a boxer. Yeah. It's actually wrong. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's all right though. You're doing well. Got, you're doing we well. We've got to fight, Dennis. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't his fight. That was a quote from a famous 20th century Indian figure. Gandhi. Yeah, come yeah. on. Of course it's Gandhi. Yeah, we're you're, looking, at, you're looking at me like... <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a boxer straight away. Said. That's what I thought. <laughs> okay, here's another quote. You don't think. It's all instinct. If you stop to think, you're gone. That's got to be a fire. Sounds like a rapper. Yeah. That's a fire, isn't it? But I thought the last one sounded definitely yeah, a no, fire. That's, come on, that's, that's, that's boxing, isn't it? Surely. You're gone. Uh... Go on, Johnny, is, it a is it a heavyweight? I can't tell if I tell you if, if it's a heavy if I if I tell you it's a heavyweight, then <laughs> I'll give you answer, it? I'm basically asking for a clue, yeah. I'm asking for a clue. It's a fire. It's hundred percent a fire. It's gotta be. Sounds like someone like Dylan White or someone would say something like that. You're Joshua. You're gone. Yeah, I think Joshua, like modern a modern fire. Yeah, like more like modern day like London based yeah. fire, no? Are we are we close? Are we, are we like more? Sorry, I can are imagine. We so, we, we, so, so what? So what are we doing here? It's going to be a figure. We're really. we're gonna gonna figure. Figure. I don't know. We're locking in. Fighter. Instinct, you're gone. Is it fighter? Yep. Yeah. That sounds like Joshua quotes. I, I would say something like instinct. Like, yeah. You're gone. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it's going to be right, but I think it sounds like Joshua. It's a fighter, but it was of course the legendary. Sugar Ray oh. Robinson. <laughs> Maybe Josh has been nicking his bars though. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we was, we went modern, didn't we? We should yeah. have gone old. Yeah. You, you we'll get take a, it. You get the point now. You get the point. Yeah, you get I'll the take it. Congratulations, guys! You got three corrects, which is pretty good going. That's not bad, right? That's not, not bad, bad, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we guessed one straight away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we won on points. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Not a problem with that. Right, it's time to have a look back at what was an incredible weekend. Of boxing action. Let's start by talking about the huge clash between Amir Khan and Kel Brook at the Manchester Arena. Jamie, were you surprised about how dominant Kel Brook was in his performance? No, I wasn't because Kel Brook's always had that sort of power. He's always had incredible timing and I feel like Amir Khan was kind of off what he would normally deliver, right? He hadn't been in the ring for a while and I think if you're going to if you're going to have that sort of ring rust is what they'd say. Yes. You need to have impeccable timing, and Kelbrook's mm. got that. And you could just yeah. see he was just picking the moment, and he was just catching him. And then once he had that confidence, he was just walking through everything that Khan was fighting. And I think, I mean, I, I done, I done two weeks before the fight, I done a show with with Kelbrook, and I was chatting to him, and I was chatting to his team, and he looked absolutely shredded, like he was ready. And I know I had these arguments yeah. about the weight he might come in, he might not. 
he was ready, man. Yes. He could see it in his eyes. He was. If yes. you put a ring there now, he was. He wanted to go. You got to pay uh, a lot of credit to the toughness of Kel Brook. You think to a few years back when he stepped up and fought Golovkin, you knew that how tough he was going to be because he hung in there and hung mm. in there, and it took a part of his body to physically break for him to have to be pulled out of there. So it's always going to be an uphill struggle for Amir Khan at this stage of his career. Maybe five years earlier, if there was both 29, 30, then it's a different story. But timing always beats speed and you could see I was in the arena I was watching just Kelbrook was walking him down walking him down and he was measuring and yeah. judging and that right hand just pushed straight through and it was getting to getting to Kel, uh, to Amir Khan his left hook is what was working nicely as well yeah do, do you guys think this is going to be the last time we see um, Amir Khan yes yeah I do as well really? yeah you could see it in his eyes at the end he was done right I mean yeah. he's had a great career and you know he's got a great family and, you know, what does he need to prove? He doesn't need to prove anything to anyone else. You know, like you've had that fight. People could see that you, you it's kind of, you've gone over that hill now. And everyone has it. Mm. Everyone do, Everyone goes yeah. through that moment. And when you know, I think you know, and I, I, I could see it in his eyes when Kelbrook was walking yeah. him down and he was landing shots and Carmen's was thinking... I want out of here. Yeah. I'm done. He's been great for British boxing. And, yeah, boxing it's very and true. He's a 17-year-old Olympian, got yeah. a silver medal, and he's just been great all the way through. He's fought everyone, Canelo, yeah. Crawford, and he's been in there. And he's, I know people question his durability at times, but you're fighting people like Canelo and Crawford. You're going you're gonna to come up against people who can seriously punch, even in the weight division. So yeah. credit to him. He stepped in there and fought everyone. Kel yeah. Brook don't look done, though. No. Not at all. He, uh, he still looks like he's got more in him. Yeah. Mm. He looks like he could go again. I know I see Chris Eubank Jr. calling cool. him out. I'd like to see that fight. And that's not the only fight that had us talking last weekend because on the zone on Saturday night, there was another intriguing clash between Jaime Munguia and Demetrius Ballard. Let's see how that one went down. Yeah, that's Munguia's fight right there. That volume punching, but Ballard looking to time him with that right counter shot. No, oh, and he caught him with a massive Beautiful check hook by Jaime Mugia. Caught Ballard on the tip of the chin. Ballard is damaged goods. He looked over to his corner for help. He's not going to get any as Mugia looks to close the show. And they're going to stop it right there. It's over. Jaime Mugia's homecoming. A rousing success. From time the ref has to come and save your face. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> you're done, right? You're, 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 you know what He's I mean? He's out on his feet. He's finished. It was. It was. It was a seriously impressive stoppage there. It, you know, at the end there, it didn't look like Ballard really wanted to be in there. What? What do you think is next for uh, Manguia? Well, um, he's, he's had 38, 39 fights now, most of them by knockout, like 31, 32 knockouts. So he's going to be. He's a middleweight, isn't he? So he's going to be looking at people on the top of that division, surely. So uh, you can see how heavy-handed he, heavy-handed he is. Um, he has to plant his feet to get his shots off, but that guy came to fight. It was no mug, that guy mm -hmm. he fought. So he's done well to get him out of there and a good good job by the ref, wasn't it? You, do you know what that feels like? No, no of course not. I <laughs> don't know what, what that feels like. I've never thankfully been uh, rocked like that. Haven't you now? No, no. But I know what it feels like to take a dig and mm. uh, I've been on the end, end of punches from Fury, Daniel Dubois, Joe Joyce. So they're all big heavyweights, 18 stoners, some of them 19 stoners. So... To know you can take a punch like that, it's, all, it's, it's good for, in the bank, you know, you, you know you can take a few. Thanks a million, Jamie and John. It's been great having you guys on. Remember to find us on the Joe YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been From the Corner, brought to you by Joe and The Zone. You've been listening to From the Corner, brought to you by Joe and The Zone.